Welcome to Standout Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Annie Love, leader of the Center Party. And I met Annie, I think, very early on when I came to Sweden with my husband when he began his role as the U.S. ambassador here. And I don't know if I told you this, Annie, but when we were in Washington, D.C., you do a lot of preparation to become an ambassadorial couple. And all of the cool people at the White House, you know, the head of social media, the head of digital, they kept saying, there's a young woman, she's 29 years old, minister of innovation, which sounds, you know, fantastic to us Americans. <laughs> you must meet this Annie Luff. Tell us what she's like. And I think we first encountered each other when I, we arrived in November. So our first big event was the Nobel Prize. Yes. And I think we met a little bit. I remember being extremely nervous and confused, basically, what I was doing. And you were very new in your role as well. And and we've laughed about this a little bit because I think also in the Swedish press, you were very new. And I don't. I would love to know, you know, how how do you feel you evolved? Because... I know those four years for me, I feel we both almost started in this limelight, not limelight, but public lifestyle together, although you've been doing politics for, for much longer. But to be really in a ministerial role is, is a big spotlight. And I always laugh at myself because all of my good friends now in Sweden said, oh, Natalia, you looked so old and you wore these strange outfits. And the first speech you gave, you were so nervous. And I read from a big card. I never spoke kind of from my heart. And I, I feel that it's I've changed a lot in that time. And I think women do change a lot from age, you know, late 20s to early 30s. What did you do you laugh back at yourself at all? Or what was that this four years like? <laughs> I think everyone laughed back uh, because <laughs> both women and, and, and men, of course, of because course. Uh, the trends are uh, and the clothes and uh, everything is changing all the time. Uh, but of course, being uh, 28, uh, party leader and minister of enterprise and innovation, uh, head of the ministry, uh, one of four in the inner cabinet in the national government, it was tough. Uh, but uh, I have always love challenges. And uh, when I got a question from my members in my party, do you want to be uh, the new party leader for the center party? I first I think, oh, I'm 28. I've only been in politics for five years. I'm a lawyer, so I have my studies finished. But but then I said, okay, I need to take the, the challenge. And uh, I haven't regretted But I have evolved a lot in my leadership, uh, both uh, as Annie, of course, but also as a political leader. Uh, now I'm in my 10th year uh, as a national politician, five years uh, in parliament, four years uh, in the government now and, and the, this year now back in opposition in the parliament. But I've had some tough days, uh, but also many sunny days. And what I look back on the first year, I can see a very stressed person trying to fit in, mm. uh, to fit in, in in the new clothes, new ar areas, uh, 
try to learn everything because being a young woman in such a high position, I felt that I need to read everything and I need to read all the facts <laughs> and I need to be the, the perfect leader in all kind of views and perspectives. And I think that after some years, I become more relaxed and I became Annie again. Uh, mm. Because in the, in the very beginning of my leadership, four years ago, I tried to play a role, I think, uh, a role that everyone, uh, I thought everyone uh, had on how to be a politician, how to be a minister. And uh, that didn't suit me. Uh, but some years after that, I, I tried to be more myself, uh, choose my own clothes, do my own <laughs> hair, <laughs> and also uh, talk about issues and perspectives that uh, uh, I love. Uh, women leadership, entrepreneurship, innovation, uh, environment, uh, all that kind of um, issues that it's really close to my heart and i think that the the um, citizens here in in sweden they they can see that i i burn for something and i have an engagement in it to create a better world and i think that is um, the key for for success and for uh, having a, a trust absolutely i mean you I'm not saying this to be flattering. You, you're a star. You know, I see no. immense interest and kind of people are really feeling your authenticity, which is always the most important. And so I ask you then, who, who are you? Who are you now? How do you stand out? Oh, I'm a mom to be. <laughs> In know, just some any weeks, day, I will. Any week, <laughs> yeah, I will have my first uh, mm -hmm. uh, kid together with my husband. Uh, so my focus is very much there in the motherhood, uh, of course. And uh, I'm 32 years old, mm -hmm. and um, for me, it has always been very important to have a civil identity. So when people ask me, "What are your your yeah? What are you doing?" Of course, I say I'm a party leader and I'm a minister, but I also say I'm a lawyer because the education for me is very important. Mm. And I'm very proud that I took the chance to get both an education and to become a member of parliament only being 23 years old. And that's important for me. Then I'm, I'm also, of course, a person that loves to... Uh, go out in nature and to run, mm. uh, to be on a boat in the Stockholm archipelago. Uh, I'm come from the countryside, uh, so I'm grown up with a lot of family members. Uh, my grandpa uh, and grandma had their own little uh, kindergarten for me and my cousins. Uh, so I'm I'm really glad of my childhood because we grow up very safe with a lot of love outside a little town called Värnamo in the southern mm. part of Sweden. That's so. IKEA country, isn't it? Yeah, it's Near IKEA there. country. I've been to yes. Almholt. Yes. yes, it's the IKEA country. Yeah. 
it's in the heart of uh, this spirit called the Gnuhu spirit. Uh, and the Gnuhu spirit is actually quite well known, even outside Sweden. It's about the willing and strength to be a little bit in opposition to the government. <laughs> oh, I can't say that now because I've been in the government, but to 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 have individual rights, to to strive for success. Uh, it's not Jante. We call in Sweden, it's Jante is a famous name because uh, Jante is not living in my hometown. Uh, this explains a lot to yeah. me. <laughs> but do you ever think, you know, the yante, the lagom, the the consensus, which, you know, three years ago I said, oh, consensus, how wonderful. But it's also hard to make a decision. Yes, and it's quite boring. And (laughs) it's a little vanilla. It's maybe nicer than boring. But do you ever think, wish it was a little less lagom in Swedish politics? And maybe that the media kind of also, because I know the media can be tough on politicians. How do you try to bring that in? But me as a person, I have challenged all these words because I'm not Lagom and I'm not Jante. And, this uh, is why I love you. And, and uh, I've I've always been a person that uh, that can stand out, uh, both in my political views. I've taken a lot of tough political debates uh, during the years uh, because I... I love it, <laughs> but also because I have those values and ideas uh, inside of me, and I I need to to have those debates. And I think uh, people like to see me on the television debates when I uh, they can mm. see when I uh, have passion and uh, when I get angry and when I have tears in my eyes talking about the mm. refugees in the world. Uh, or when I laugh, uh, but I think Swedish politicians, including me, of course, can be more personal, tell more about our lives and our experiences. Uh, I try to do it because I, I think politicians can be personal, but not private. Motherhood yeah. coming any day. And you know, I haven't really said this kind of publicly, but when I moved here, I really was convinced this was heaven for women. And I came, I mean, in my own state of mind, I was a new mother. I was quite young. None of my friends had kids. I had really had to stop working. There was no daycare. So I I was really convinced. I had written about Sweden, researched it, written in the Huffington Post that this is utopia, daycare, maternity leave, you know, all of these things. And about, you know, two years in, once I really started to get to know some power women and men and 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 got to know Sweden more. I said, in spite of all these resources, there's still a very low number of female CEOs. I mean, I think less than 2%. We have five. That's pathetic both ways, but it's still low. And especially, you know, in the area that you and I share a passion, entrepreneurship, I actually had a discussion with a few very well-known entrepreneurs a few days ago, and they said, you know, Natalia, but there is no female Daniel Eck yet. I mean, we have women that are running companies or founded companies, but some most of them have inherited those companies. Mm-hmm. Is there something about the Swedish norms, Jante, Lagom, not standing out? What is what is holding the women back? Because you have everything that the American women are fighting for. 
Yeah, I think different kind of things in in my home region. You know about the the Gnuhu spirit. It's a lot of family run. Uh, businesses and it's almost always the man that he is the CEO and the woman she's doing the the yeah the numbers and uh, yeah the economy uh, and uh, but she also runs the company but not in the statistics another thing is that Jante has played a big part of our lives <laughs> and uh, it's a gender gap between different sectors uh, in Sweden. Women are dominating the public sector and the public sector are huge in Sweden. It's a welfare sector uh, and we weren't allowed to ha- run businesses in the welfare sector. Uh, now we are, uh, but uh, in Sweden it was only the public sector that were doing welfare. Uh, and that was a huge hinder for female entrepreneurs because you used to start businesses uh, in the area where you have competence and where you have worked and so on. And um, the other thing is that uh, Sweden is very well famous for our startups, uh, mainly in the uh, tech uh, area. Now we're coming in the education system, but for a long time it was male-dominated uh, education system with mathematics uh, and technical educations. And that's also a, an important base for starting companies, the education system. Uh, I worked very hard when when I was a minister, both with to have more female entrepreneurs, but also more female leaders in organizations and on workplaces. Uh, you did a great job with that. I, we did yeah. some things together yeah. too. Hillary Clinton started in a global level uh, golden rules of leadership. And uh, when I was a minister here, I, I took it to Sweden. We were the first country outside the US that implemented golden rules of leadership. And golden rules of leadership is, is also an important tool to to strengthen women because we need to uh, lift each other. Men has in decades always supported each mm. other. They have their own network. Uh, they they are dealing in the saunas. <laughs> they are <laughs> they are having their golf. Uh, they have this important network, but. With women, it's not the same. We have some networks, of course, but I would say the meanest questions and the meanest uh, words about me is from other women. And uh, it feels strange because we need to have this spirit that you need to lift each other. And I try to work with that because I'm also a leader now having a lot of people uh, working with me and try to lift competence and competence both men and women have. Uh, So that's very important. It's sad that that happens from other women, but I have experienced the same and I've tried to think about it. Why is that? I mean, it's in America and Sweden, but in my time in Sweden, I would hear, you know, oh, well, Natalia, she can do a lot. She has doesn't do anything in the home mm. or she has a nanny or she, oh, she's driven places. I mean, it was as if there were, people were always trying to find my Achilles heel. Mm. And trust me, I, I, I am so weak in so many, I don't need you to tell me my weaknesses. I know them. But I thought, you know, it must be also that on the other hand, 
there is an enormous amount of pressure on the Swedish woman. Yep. You have to work because you have all these resources. So you better work and be really interesting. You have to pick up at three o'clock. You can never have a nanny. You have to cook the perfect, you know, shit bular. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's not a hard thing to cook, but... <laughs> But I think you have to do everything on your own. You know, what's wrong with a little bit of services? Or I always say our country kind of, my own parents were cleaning people. Mm -hmm. They enriched themselves by Mm -hmm. starting entrepreneurial cleaning companies, by starting things. I mean, so how do you think about how will I do this balancing act as a mother? Will you have help? Will you split with your husband? I mean, do you have a plan? Yeah, I have a lot of plans. Yeah, I have a lot of plans. I thought so. (laughs) On everything. I have an agenda (laughs) on everything. But uh, yes, I have a plan and I will have, uh, we will split our, uh, so I will be home six months for maternity leave and I chose that because we can we can split me mm. and my husband because he has a work that suits for that and but I don't have a work that suits no. for that but I would like to be a role model uh, here because if I can as a leader of my party can have a 6 month off uh, I think all male CEOs in Sweden can have 6 months off being with uh, their kids. Uh, but I'm not a politician that would like to force families to split because I think it mm. must be their own choices and every family looks different. But I think it's important for the kid to have both their parents in their lives. And you need to do that choice by yourself, uh, not by political measures. But uh, when I, we, we can and I, we have decided to split it. That's fantastic. And the concept of you as a young woman, ambitious, brilliant, but also taking that time, I think is so important to show that you can do it. And I'm really grateful kind of to Sweden in that way in general, because you do have some of the highest numbers of of women in politics. You now have three of the five party leaders are women. You may, and I hope this so fervently, have a female prime minister finally soon. (laughs) And it's such a great message. And it's a message that President Obama highlighted, as you remember, because you were there with us greeting him, especially on his departure. He had lined up all the female ministers in the cabinet because Mm -hmm. Sweden had 50 percent at that time. And that's very rare. I believe you were the first country in the world in the 1990s to have an equal split. And you know, now that I'm back in the U.S. and I'm watching another presidential election unfold and I'm hearing the kinds of attacks that come onto Hillary Clinton that aren't coming onto the other candidates, yeah. including one, Donald Trump, who has even complained about women's periods mm. on the on the debate stand. So... I mean, I wonder, what can you say about how Sweden has done this? And is it as perfect as it seems? Or because I think American women could really use this. We have very low numbers Mm -hmm. and we can't seem to get over Mm -hmm. the hump. I believe Mm -hmm. it's less than 20 percent now in our Congress. And that was a massive victory. You know, we were was the year of the women Mm -hmm. a few years ago when we got that. So something is really like a wall for us. I think it's all about cu- culture and attitudes and to uh, to stress that culture, you need role models. Uh, in my party, for instance, I'm the third female uh, party leader. It was no debates. I became the third female party leader. And 
it's a no-no question in the center party because we have had strong women in our party for hundred years. Uh, now we are a center-right party focusing mainly on environment, um, but also enterprises. Mm. But in the very beginning, uh, we were a farmer's party. And on the countryside, women, they were strong. Mm. Uh, they were those who took leadership and, and so on. I think that has formed our culture and our attitudes in my party. But Sweden is not perfect because just a year ago, I was the only woman in the party leaders debate in television uh, yes, and cool. I was the only woman in the in a cabinet uh, for in the government and for party leaders I was the only one I was the only one out of 11 in the budget negotiation group uh, within the government uh, so we need to work with uh, the gender gap as well but the last year something very important has happened. We are now two new party leaders and mm. they are both women. Uh, we can have our first uh, female prime minister in just some years. Maybe it will be you. <laughs> yeah, we have we have three to choose yes. from in my in the alliance of uh, in, in Sweden in the opposition. Three um, uh, party leaders now that are uh, women and I'm very glad of that because it shows for 12 or 13 year old girls that everything is possible. Then that little girl can see that, ah, we have role models. We have both CEOs, we have political leaders, we have media personalities that are women. And uh, if she can, I can. And I think that's very important uh, among young girls. Was it ever lonely, though? I mean, you described being the only woman in so many spaces. And I think also, I mean, I'm so much at an inferior level to what you are doing, but I have felt lonely so many times. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really was my last year in Sweden where I had, I focused on meeting and, and, and making time to connect with over dinners mm -hmm. and things, other women. And that was the first time I really felt like, you know, I'm not alone and, whether you're a doctor, or the CEO of a bank, or mm -hmm. or the foreign minister, mm -hmm. actually a lot of the challenges are the same. And mm -hmm. we all have days where we come home and say, why the hell are they talking about my hair? Yeah, or, true. you know, <laughs> saying that my shoes are ugly. <laughs> no one true. says that about Carl Bildt. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, there must be times when you want to pull that hair out. And how do you deal with that? Yeah. What do you do? You go out with your friends? Do you go run 10K? Yeah, I run. It is hard. It's hard I to run. fight all the time. <laughs> and I go to the gym yeah, I mean. <laughs> because I can get out my anger <laughs> yes. you know, inside. Uh, so the gym is very good. <laughs> but the scary thing is also that you get used to it. Yeah, uh, that's true. And uh, I've, th I've been thinking about that quite a lot of times because when I see a photo of me being the only mm. woman out of 11 in the budget negotiation group, I haven't noticed that for three years almost <laughs> uh, because it was my colleagues and we were both chatting and negotiating and having fun. But when I saw the photo a year ago when we uh, ended the, the, in the government, I noticed it and I said, oh, I'm the only woman. <laughs> so sometimes you get used to it and that scares me a bit. But sometimes I also see the differences in how we are scrutinized in the media. 
in a TV debate three years ago. I was the only woman, of course. <laughs> and uh, afterwards, you got numbers. Grades. Grades, yes. yes. And I got lower grades because <laughs> I had black stockings and not nude. And it was, I was so upset. Because black is better. Yeah, black is better. <laughs> but it's like my but grandmother. Also, uh, on my, my mail, they were <laughs> scrutinized <laughs> about what they were saying, how they were acting. And I was that too. But if, if any, if she had had uh, nude stockings, uh, it would be not perfect. And it was a woman that said so uh, uh, in that newspaper. That's and, patronizing, absolutely. And, and, and I've also mm. got questions about now during uh, winter when we got two more female leaders uh, and I got a question from a journalist asking me, oh, how do you feel now, Annie? Is, is, uh, is the work uh, not so popular or not so valuable now as it was before? <laughs> And I got so upset. That's outrageous. But, but then yes. it's good to be like a stiff Swedish politician yes. because you can't get so personal <gasps> then. So I, I answer, answered her very, uh, very short and very uh, stiff. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> no, but I, I, I remember, and, and I think I've discussed this with you and, and many, including women in business as well, where you're scrutinized from your salaries to what you're wearing and... And it seemed like in the beginning, the media was really trying to take mm. you down. I mean, do you think that was your age? Do you think it's something about we have to show bring her down to earth because she's only 28? Or was it some kind of, you know, Stockholm versus the country elitism? Because I, I remember that, you know, in in our role at the embassy, we we got a lot of articles translated all about the politicians. And, and it seemed to now become the other extreme in a way, which I'm so happy about because mm. I like you so much. But what was that all about? Why do you think my media friends will now kill me? But <laughs> there is a little bit of, you know, let's bring them down where yeah. America, we have this Oprah, not everywhere, but you go girl or you go guy. And, and we like to uplift, you know, President Barack Obama yeah. came about so much on an inspiring personal story. And but I had that before I was elected as a party leader, uh, five years in national politi uh, politics uh, as a member of parliament. Uh, I was the the young star uh, coming career. Uh, they were writing a lot of nice articles about me. But when I was elected, and when I become the minister, being twenty eight, I think they tried to test me. Will she manage to do all this uh, stuff and all this uh, responsibility that comes with the ministers and the, the party leader role? Uh, and I managed, but it was two and a half very tough, tough and hard years. Uh, and I think they saw that I, I had a plan, I had a vision, because I was elected 2011 with an agenda to have a good election result in 2014, three years after. And uh, I was also elected with an agenda from my members that we must be more well-known in issues concerning uh, environment and enterprises. So that was my 
my agenda. <laughs> and we had plans and we had goals, short-term and long-term. We had a very serious uh, both debate and agenda in my party. And I said all these tough years to to media and journalists that I have a plan and we will manage uh, and we work with that. And they continued to ask all these questions, of course, and all these sometimes mean comments from, uh, not from journalists, but from the society as a mm. whole. And when I managed last year, uh, we did our best result in to the European Parliament for 19 years. Uh, Fantastic. And we, uh, we have a... Um, very good position in environment issues and enterprise and job issues right now. So we are, I'm very proud of that development in my party because it's a teamwork and we worked so hard for that. And I can also say to everyone now, I had a plan back then, 2011, and we tried and we worked and and we managed. And I think that's also why people now see me in a different perspective and views that I stand up <laughs> and stand still <laughs> and had a plan. And deliver. And have a plan. I yeah. think sometimes that's the best. I don't think, I think both women and young people can be highly underestimated. And I do think you've shown the Swedes that there was much more going on behind you yeah. and, and you really knew how to execute like man, woman, or anyone efficient yeah. would. And I and, and I took this job because I love challenges. I want to hear for our final question, how do you stand up? Being myself, that's the most important thing. Being myself and have a balance between private and public uh, role. And uh, of course, having a balance between work and being myself. That's how I stand up. Thank you, Annie. I have I have no internal knowledge because you have not told me anything, but I hope you have a little girl because you'll be <laughs> we'll a great see. role model. As a mother to a daughter, it's important to yeah. show strong women. We are curious about that, actually. Oh, so. you don't know? Yeah, I, <gasps> I, know. I know and my husband know, but uh, no one else I know. don't know, but I can volunteer <laughs> Natalia. So, yeah. It's a great it's a, surname. <laughs> it's a lovely name. <laughs> Thank you, Annie. It's been so fun and nice. Yeah. To see you again and, and mostly to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. This podcast is a collaboration with Doggins Industry and ACAST. Produced by Henrik Janssen and ACAST. With Sandra Moline as supervising producer and Carl Rosander as executive producer. Producer.